Welcome to the Triage Method podcast, Q&A edition with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. How are you, Patty? I am absolutely spectacular, young Gary. Um, I know everyone missed me on the, the last podcast. They, they did. had the nutritional ziz instead, um, which, while he's good, he's just, you know, he's just not quite what the viewers want. You know yourself, Gary. Yeah, you know, I mean... Why would you want that? Why would you want the reincarnation of Ziz? You know, uh, but yeah. Anyway, it's not even the reincarnation, it just is Ziz. It just is. Yeah. Full stop. That's it. Ziz never died. Here he is. He just moved. Um, but yeah. Anyway, moving on to this week's question. Um, it's going to be another nutrition one. We're trying to kind of keep that theme a little bit consistent for for these few weeks uh, because, like, one, we were go- kind of going to do it anyway, but also because uh, I don't want people to be. Uh, getting real sad when we talk about like resistance training programming and then they're like oh but I can't even train you know <laughs> so um, we'll see that for when you're all back in the gym um, so this week's question is basically how do I consume more dietary protein on a lower frequency uh, diet so not a lower frequency training program lower frequency diet meaning that you're eating less meals per day um, and, and this just, is just to add to this this does also apply to if you are eating lower calories in general for sure those two things kind of go hand in hand. Like, yeah, it's all fine and well to be like, yeah, I'm going to have six meals per day when you're eating 3,000 to 5,000 calories. But try having six meals per day when you're yeah. eating uh, 1,200 calories. Like, that's just not that enjoyable. That's like a chicken breast and some spinach. You know, like that's, that's literally just not an enjoyable way to go about eating. Um, so, yeah, even though it is a lower frequency that Carrie is saying, that does also apply to a lower calorie approach. Yeah. And it also just applies to anyone who's kind of struggling to hit their protein in general. Um, And this is something that I think I have struggled with a little bit at times when I've been on maybe a two or three meal per day structure for whatever reason. Um, I kind of check in with myself every now and then and I'm like, am I actually hitting enough protein? And maybe I'm coming in just under where I might like to be. Um, Sometimes that does happen. So it is something I have to kind of remind myself of and be a bit more conscious of trying to hit. So that's there are no that's because you're basically a vegetarian. That would never happen to me. If I was a free eating human, what would happen is I would end up eating 500 to 600 grams of protein per day because I would just eat meat. Yeah, I mean, you know, meat meat meats are, are probably my favorite foods, but you know, even if you're consuming like 70 grams of protein per meal, which kind of ends up what I what I do, um it, it's it's not it's not quite there just yet in terms of maybe the level that you might want to be at depending on your goal or whatever um but yeah of course the simple solution here is just eat more meat you know but um the in or, practice, or plant-based you know uh protein sources those become a little be, bit more difficult. that'd be pretty rough <laughs> yeah there are some practical limitations to that which i'm sure we will get into because obviously like when you talk about food it's not just like single macronutrients like even like someone something like whey protein like this does still contain some carbohydrates some fats and so they they can add up especially if you are eating uh say fattier cuts of meat that adds up pretty quickly in terms of your your fat content but also if you are eating more plant-based sources of protein then that also does add up for your first of all probably your fiber which is probably the most immediate concern because you know that can we'll call it back you up a little bit and But also it does generally increase your carbohydrate intake as well, potentially quite substantially. Yeah. And and personally, like when 
how I've basically kind of combated this myself is most of the time I try to make sure I have really high protein intake at breakfast because that just kind of sets you off on the right track. So in general, breakfast will be my highest protein meal. Doesn't mean it has to be for you, but it definitely does set me on the right track because even in that case then, like let's say there does, for whatever reason, you miss a meal, it leaves you with less to catch up on later on because basically you've taken care of more of it early on in the day. So that's one of the things I typically advise clients. You know, the reason we brought this question up was because um, one of my clients was going with that kind of two meal per day structure because it suited her and she was struggling to hit her protein intake as a result. So my basic advice to start off with was let's try and increase protein intake at breakfast. And you have to be kind of somewhat strategic about how you do that. So for example, if you normally eat eggs for breakfast, then me simply saying, okay, eat more eggs, you know, eat seven eggs instead of three eggs. That's not really practical because you're also getting a lot of additional fat and hence a lot of additional calories, which may not be appropriate for someone who's trying to maintain lower calories. Um, so in that case, there are a number of things that, that, that you could do. So that we'll just use like having eggs for breakfast as your example. What you could do is add in some extra egg whites. You know, that's particularly useful if you are just having omelets because you know you don't really notice that there's that there's additional egg whites um, in there anyway. Uh, so you can just add in a couple of extra egg whites that bumps up the protein intake. You could add in some cold meats. So for example, some ham, some some beef, some chicken that you've cooked previously or whatever, and that's basically allowing you again to push up the protein intake without like drastically pushing up the calories. So ideally, if you're doing that, you want to choose leaner meats. So rather than having loads of chorizo, you know, opt for something like lean chicken um, or something along those lines. Bacon medallions can be useful as well. So that's a nice way of increasing your protein intake without massively changing the overall composition of your breakfast. Another thing you can do if you have more of a kind of a, a porridge style breakfast, let's say, is add in some Greek yogurt, the zero percent fat Greek yogurt. Some of them have up to 10 grams per 100 grams um, of protein. Uh, like that's pretty legit. That's pretty, pretty significant when you begin to add it up. So it might be the case that you normally have a bowl of porridge with some nuts or nut butter and some fruit or whatever, a bit of uh, yogurt in there or additional whey protein can fairly significantly bump up uh, protein intake at that meal. So they're the types of things I'd be starting off with is finding a way that I can increase my protein intake at breakfast. And then obviously you have to think about how many meals you're eating per day. So if you're, let's say a 75 kilo individual and you're trying to hit 150 grams of protein per day, just very simply, let's say you're trying to hit two grams per kilo, then you know that you're going to have to, if you're doing three meals per day, you know, you need 50 grams um, at each of those meals. So what I would do personally in that circumstance is if I, if I knew I was having problems hitting it, I'd start by aiming for even 60 to 70 grams at breakfast, just because it gives you more freedom later in the day. Because what that means is that if someone cooks a meal for you later, um, or if you cook a meal that maybe is not inherently a, a very high protein meal, uh, that, that you, you still have that potential to just hit your protein intake because you've taken care of it earlier. Obviously, Another alternative is very simply to get to the end of any day and always leave yourself with a little buffer of calories to have a protein shake and just top off your protein intake. So that's a real simple one. Um, but at the same time, uh, some, of, some of my clients just don't like drinking protein shakes. Um, and I understand that, you know, some people don't want to just drink their calories. They'd rather they were actually built into meals. Um, so that, so that is a concern as well. So they'd be, they'd be some of the things I'd be starting off with. And of course, the obvious one is just eat more protein to each meal, but they're more specific strategies that, that I think tend to be useful.
yeah, like they're obviously like whenever you discuss diet in the context of, you know, how do you achieve better, we'll call it adherence to certain targets. Like you have to remember that that's not like the diet is not one thing. It's not like, Oh, when I say diet, we're all eating the exact same foods and we're all, we have the exact same hunger response, hunger signals, all of that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's not the case. So what you should take away from this podcast and well, any discussion on nutrition is more of the principles, you know, uh, and in this context, if you are, for example, struggling to hit your protein target on a, we'll call it a lower calorie or a lower meal distribution, then the first thing you need to do is look at where you are currently getting your protein in, you know, and that for a lot of people, especially if you haven't been tracking, you know, for, for a long time, or you haven't been um, eating in a, a goal aligned way for a, a long time, you know, y- you don't have these very clear, we'll call them rules around nutrition. You're not like, oh, I get my protein by choosing these foods. You may have started tracking and you're effectively still eating the same way you were previously. And you're just controlling for like food volume a little bit more. You haven't really um, dived in deep or dove in deep. Um, to you know how to realign the foods that you eat to better hit your your targets you know so that is the first thing you need to do you need to look at your diet and go where am i actually currently getting protein from you know and when you do this what quite often becomes apparent is the fact that most people just don't get much protein at all at breakfast right so even just from a practical perspective you know adding some protein to breakfast is a good idea to help you get to your protein target. You know, rather than what a lot of people do is they'll be tracking their calories, they'll be tracking their macronutrients, and they'll do their they'll put in put in input their breakfast, they'll input their lunch, and you know between those two meals they maybe got thirty grams of protein. Just we'll call it free living, but tracking, right? They're just choosing a normal. They're like, oh yeah, I have my porridge and I don't know milk for breakfast. Um, and my orange juice or whatever it is that they're, they're eating. Um, and then they have their lunch and they're like, yeah, I got a, a sandwich out in the local center or shop or whatever. Um, and then it comes to, to dinner time to, you know, when they're finished work and they're kind of like, oh, wow, I actually have 120 grams of protein to hit, to hit my 150 gram target, you know? And obviously if you aren't exactly someone that naturally has a, a a higher preference for high protein foods then trying to get 120 grams of protein in one meal that that's going to be pretty rough you know so the first thing is actually identifying where you are currently getting your protein from and then looking at how that is distributed throughout the day and then looking into potentially altering first of all your food selection your food choice at those meals you know like gary said you could add in some you know greek yogurt um, like some of those low-fat Greek yogurts and stuff, they, they, they literally are pretty much just protein, um, which is very easy to get your, your, your protein up without having to you know, maybe chug a protein shake or add meat to breakfast and stuff like that people aren't generally used to. Um, so like adding potentially some foods or just realigning your food selection. For example, at lunchtime, you might be like, okay, normally I get, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, some sort of sandwich that doesn't have 
much protein in it and you go, okay, I'm going to choose something that has a higher protein content. And maybe it is a case that you're like, oh, I'm actually just going to add in a, a protein bar as well to that. Or you're like, I'm actually just going to, again, have something like yogurt or have something like some, I don't know, meat or something with that meal. Or probably the idea is to prepare your meals ahead of time and bring them into work so that you know, okay, well, I have a chicken breast or two chicken breasts for that meal. And that's going to allow me to hit my, my protein targets much more easily and far more uh, cost effectively and then going out and going, oh, well, maybe I'll get a protein bar, which is like three euro a pop um, uh, and a sandwich as well, which is probably three euro. You end up spending like the guts of 10 euro every single day on food when you could have spent 50 cents and prepared it ahead of time, you know. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's the first thing. Um, you need to look to your diet. Where are you currently getting protein? How is that distributed throughout the day? And then how can you realign your food selection and meal we'll call it not meal distribution protein distribution so that you are at a a position like gary said where you've already achieved a good chunk of your protein target by virtue of just eating breakfast because your breakfast is a high protein breakfast you know and and then once you've done that then afterwards it becomes a a a situation where you know the you've basically covered the, the main things just by virtue of making better food selection choices and timing that better, we'll call it. Um, and then you need to look into the very specifics of your situation, you know, and that could me be like, all right, I just don't really like having a high protein breakfast. It leaves me feeling, you know, bloated or whatever, you know, again, like that's unlikely to be the case as, you know, just generally not something that people experience. But again, it could be the case for you where you're like, it just doesn't make me feel right. Or I, my preference is just not aligned with that. Like I just don't like having to focus on protein at breakfast. I like having my cornflakes or something, you know, and um, that could be very well be the case. So you have to look into your individual preference and individual response to the diet. But once you start getting into that individualization of the diet, it becomes very hard for us to talk about it on a podcast because that is the case where, you know, these are individual situations that we have to deal with individually. And while there are generally commonalities that you will see when like, obviously we coach a lot of people and have coached a lot of people, you do see these commonalities come up. That doesn't mean that we have this one size fits all approach to dieting. So you have to then take into account, you know, your exact situation and then apply best practice to that. Like, for example, you might be able to really control your breakfast and your lunch, but dinner time, you know, maybe you have a family meal. So you're not exactly able to control what is in that. And as a result, you know, your protein intake might be low at that meal. So that means that you have a higher uh, need to either have something that you can eat in the evening that will contribute to protein intake if you need it, or to eat more protein at your breakfast and lunch, you know? So the individual situation has to be taken into account and you as an individual or as an individual coaching individuals are going to have to come up with strategies to help with these um, issues that come up so that you can get someone more on track with their goals. But you also have to realize that the diet is never perfect. Well, yeah, it's all cool and fine and well to be able to go, yeah, look, just track your calories, hit these exact numbers, and you'll get results. Like in theory, that's that's literally all you need to do. Like there's no, it's not hard. It's, here's your calories, this is work, 
these are the, uh, the macronutrients that you need to hit. This will get you towards your goal. Theoretically, everyone should be absolutely shredded out of their mind because it is that simple, right? But anyone who has tried to, you know, adhere to dieting strategies long-term or try to implement dieting strategies know that that it's not that simple in practice. And you have to really understand yourself and understand the, the basic principles of dieting and then tailor the approach to you as an individual. Yeah. And, and what I think can be quite helpful here in terms of like reviewing your own individual dietary practice, if you're someone who's struggling with protein intake, is to look over your protein sources and analyze them on a protein to calorie ratio. That's just a really helpful, simple way of looking at things. Because what you'll find sometimes is that look, the reason you don't have enough calories left to be able to hit your protein intake is because the protein sources you are choosing have a low protein to calorie ratio, okay? So you're actually not getting the biggest bang for your buck. A good example of this is people who maybe, in order to get 40 grams of protein, they buy two protein bars. And protein bars can be anywhere between 200 to 300 calories per piece. So you're looking at 400 to 600 calories for just 40 grams of protein. You know, whereas if you were eating, you know, lean chicken breast, you're talking about a very high protein to calorie ratio where the vast majority of the calories are coming from the protein that is within that food. And hence, for a given amount of calories, you can have more protein there. So when you're thinking about your protein sources, never, ever think of it just in terms of grams per hundred gram, because like vegetarians and vegans are, are, are desperate for doing this at times where they will make cross food analyses. Um, in terms of like, oh, look, you can get 20 grams of protein from this food. Whereas when you actually look at the amount of calories that you need to consume in order to get that 20 grams of protein, like it's, it's often um, a lot more versus a lean protein source. And that's or not to say from the volume perspective as well, yeah. again, like eating like whatever for the calories, it's like, all right, that's cool. Maybe you can eat the amount of calories of that food, but eating 10 kilos of fucking broccoli to get your protein needs in, you know, not many people can physically stomach eating that much yeah absolutely and i mean like i i'm all for people you know hitting their protein intake on a plant-based diet it's definitely very doable it's a little bit more difficult of course but again regardless of whether or not you're on that type of diet just look back over your protein sources because if you see that all right i'm not hitting my protein but i'm having whole eggs for breakfast again big fan of eggs criticizing them but in this context having whole eggs uh, then for lunch let's say you're having um, you're having meat in your sandwich but the meat is like salami and pepperoni um, or chorizo oh delicious man and then for, this sounds like a great day of eating and then for lunch or for dinner rather you're having a big fatty juicy ribeye mm, right you're having a ribeye <laughs> and again for, like you're getting a lot of fat and a lot of calories to go along with that protein so yes you've had a delicious day of eating and on the surface it looks like yeah, you're eating a high protein diet. Whereas when you actually break it down, the amount of calories you're getting relative to the amount of protein from those sources, like it's not exactly where you might want it if you're someone who is struggling. So in, in that case, if you were to replace maybe 50% of your eggs with just egg whites or with additional meat on the side, lean meat, um, you were to take the salami and pepperoni out of your lunch and repeat, replace it with some lean ham and lean turkey. And then dinner, you were to opt for, let's say, if you're if you are so lucky a fillet steak instead of 
your, your ribeye for your dinner um, or you had a chicken breast or something with the same amount of, 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 of protein or of calories, then it makes it much easier to actually see how you can get in a higher protein intake overall. So the, I guess the, the simple solutions there overall are to right, audit your diet, see what your protein sources currently are, what's coming along with the protein that you're consuming, um, try to get a higher protein breakfast just if possible. Um, and another thing I would say is to like, don't be afraid to have unconventional snacks. Like, cause one of the things that I advise one of my clients um, who was asking this question was simply, you know, add meat in as a snack during the day. Um, you know, if you've got, if you've got batch cooked chicken breasts or, and you, you slice them up, you chop them up and you keep them in the fridge for a couple of days, then they're going to be fine to just kind of pick at for a snack when you're in need of something. So instead of going then and having uh, your fulfill bar, uh, you go you go and you get 20 grams of protein from your chicken and it's less calories probably 50 percent of the calories and now you've got a bigger window to, to get more protein in um in your actual meal so they're the main things i guess that, that come to mind for me overall yeah and also on that snacking on protein uh, suggestion this is also a really good strategy for people that say they are hungry throughout the day right yeah because first of all protein is the most satiating so you're going to feel fuller for longer by eating protein but also you know protein for me that's i would literally just eat protein if that was if we, that was going i would i'd go out there kill a cow and eat it in a day like i don't like <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind you know um but most people don't find protein to be the the most we'll call it appetizing like they might enjoy protein but it's not exactly something that they're going oh actually mm, i'd love a, you know, a nice steak with my tea in the evening you know that's 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 not uh, a meme because that just doesn't happen you know and um, so if you are someone that struggles with staying adherent to your diet choosing something that first of all is very satiating but second of all can be very low calorie and um, for that satiation you know Snacking on meat works really effectively, but it also works really effectively because it gets you better in tune with actual hunger signals rather than craving signals, which, you know, they are different things, even though uh, a lot of the, we'll call it the rhetoric around diet um, kind of aligns those two things and makes it sound like they are interchangeable when they're not like hunger and craving something are not not the same thing like going like oh I'd, i'm absolutely starving and then turning down food like turning down protein that's you're not actually starving what you instead you are is you're you're craving a certain mm -hmm. macronutrient usually like hyperpalatable foods um you're, you're craving something like oh i'd love a, a mars bar or something like that you know or i'd love something really sweet uh, in the evening you know you're not actually hungry so if you it's it's not exactly the the most um pleasing strategy but it is an effective strategy like i'm not saying that this is what everyone should do i'm just saying that it is a very effective strategy if you do struggle with snacking to change all of your snacks to protein snacks and i don't mean like uh, protein bars i mean like meat or if you are plant-based plant-based protein sources um like lentils or something, I don't know. Um, and just be like, that's, they're my only snack. That's all I can eat. You know, I, I don't allow myself to have biscuits as a snack. That's just not, not the case. You know, it's, I either have, I don't know, high protein yogurt or I have some meat as a snack 
or if I'm really you know pushing the boat out and I want something sweet I'm choosing a, a protein shake or something that is like I don't know uh, chocolate flavored or something like that you know and um, that's it is an or it is a strategy that can be effective for helping realign uh, hunger satiety signals and you know really uh, elucidating craving signals definitely i'm on board so people no more no more fucking granola bars and flapjacks i see you all baking you know during this covid19 from now on just make some chicken breasts full stop and not like a southern fried chicken breast which and that's i saw you were cooking up some southern fried chickens they were tasty i also put them in like triple batter which you know yourself is not exactly um that's health the the healthiest um or not exactly you know the most uh, calorie efficient way to get protein um but it is damn tasty but not as tasty as the sushi that I made as well. That was, that was definitely tastier. And that was definitely not um, a two-person portion size. But I did eat all of it. I've never had sushi, believe it or not. That's because you don't like fish because you're a weirdo. Yeah, I know. I like red meat. I like chicken. I like salmon, actually. But yeah. We did, we have, salmon. We did have salmon in those because, in fairness, I wasn't cutting raw tuna and being like, mm, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing because I don't. Um, but yeah, next time uh, you're in Dublin, we'll make you some sushi or we'll bring you for some sushi, whatever. All right. Uh, that'll be probably 2024. When yeah, roughly the when, the, when the country opens back up, I believe <laughs> the current timeline for restaurants is 2030. Um, that's when they should be allowing people back in. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun. Fantastic. So guys, obviously, if you are interested in learning more about triage, what we're up to, all that sort of stuff, join the triage newsletter, subscription below, get involved, join the triage method community, free open access Facebook group, plenty of productive discussions in there. So get on that. Um, of course, you can engage with our social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, importantly, YouTube. Um, so make sure to subscribe on YouTube. It helps our videos reach others. Um, and it also reinforces uh, the fact that it's valuable. So if we see that people are liking the videos, you know, sharing the videos and subscribing, we're obviously going to make more that are like that. So do give us that feedback. Um, and obviously, we our services are ongoing. So if you're interested in getting the ball rolling with one-to-one online coaching, um, or even just inquiring maybe for when the gyms do reopen, um, because we actually have had one or two, you know, people ask about that, thinking that, you know, this has given them time to think and they kind of want to get back into um, a good routine when they do get on the ball. You can inquire um, and reserve your place if you'd like in terms of the one-to-one online coaching, or you could get involved with the, the group online coaching. Um, the group online coaching at the moment, we're like all the options that we have for programming um, are catering for people who are just training at home. So we have basically programming options for if you do have gym equipment or if you don't have gym equipment. Um, so that's a, that's, that's something you, you might want to get involved with if you need a bit of accountability um, that's a good call. And if you just want to, you know, get some, get some education, get some templates for when you do get back to the gym, we do have our store where we sell the program templates um, and also the beginner's guidebook. So you can check those out too. I have nothing else to add, young Gary. That was fantastic. Unreal. Goodbye guys. It's too easy. Enjoy.